Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Do you think Carbat might be your father? Potentially, yes. This is Anne. We heard from her in episode seven. In 2017, Anne found out that she'd been conceived at Jan Kobat's fertility clinic. A few months ago, she submitted her DNA to the Dutch FIOM database. She wondered if Kobat could be her father. Have yeah. you looked at pictures of him and looked for similarities? Uh, you look for similarities in every everyone around you now. This, it's not that I, I didn't, um, but I... Uh... I I I I think you can find anything of yourself in anyone if you try your best. I think there is absolutely uh, a chance of him being my dad. I have one sister, and I'm very happy with her. <laughs> and I can't really imagine my life with like more than more than one. <laughs> so um, it would be a very weird experience to, um, in one moment, get so many. Uh, other brothers and sisters. So any moment, any moment from now on, you yes. could find out that you're part of the Netherlands' biggest family. Yeah. <laughs> Will you tell us when you get the news? Yes. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> oh, I want to hear the news. Yes, I will. We promised to keep you posted. Then, recently, she got back in touch to say she had news. Oh my goodness. It's not the news that I was hoping for, but it is news that gives a lot of answers. I'm Jenny Kleeman, and from something else, this is a bonus update episode of the Immaculate Deception. A few weeks ago, we were all adjusting to life on lockdown. The first episodes of this podcast had been released. We were finishing work on the final episode in our separate homes when Paul rang me up and told me to switch on my microphone and start recording. So last night I got a message from Anne. Shall I read you what you said? Yeah, go for it. Hi, Paul. We are doing okay. Working from home a lot. Today, I got an update from Fiom. <sighs> she said, do you want to hear the news or do you want to include Jenny? Oh, my God. What do you think? I have absolutely no idea. And I don't want to be one of these armchair um, geneticist DNA people because, it, you know, it's quite tempting. You know, when we were sitting there with her, it was quite tempting to look for those traits those carbat traits in her the physical traits and i just don't want to go there you, you just can't go there um so i have no idea i have no idea what she's going to say but it's it it'll be life-changing either way um 
it's impossible because part of me thinks, oh, would she just not tell us if the answer was no? But I think she she would tell us either way. I think she's going to tell us. I mean, it was interesting because it was December when we met her, wasn't it? And we yeah. did the interview. And we went in and we both looked at each other because we hadn't really seen any pictures of her before then. And then we looked at her and I think we both thought that maybe she doesn't look like a car bat or like she doesn't look like Joey or Marsha or Inga, does she? There is a very, very distinctive car bat look and she doesn't have all of those elements. I feel like we can't go down that road. You just can't judge by how people look. There is a very distinctive car bat look, but there are there, it's a spectrum, isn't it? And, uh, you know, he's at one end and the mother is at the other. And some of the kids, a lot of the kids are very, very similar, but they don't all have to be. I mean, I'm feeling nervous now. For me to be feeling nervous, just imagine what it must be like for her to take the call to open the envelope. I, I cannot imagine to know that in the next few seconds, your entire sense of who you are, what your future is, who your family is, is going to change. Ah, here we go. Okay, I've dialed the number. I'm going to call her now. I'm probably, my heart is probably beating. It says waiting. Mm. Come on, Anne. This feels like a good time to pause for a moment to revisit Anne's story. We'd met her at her home by the sea, just outside The Hague. Anne's 31 now. She grew up just outside Rotterdam. So tell me about what your parents told you when you were growing up. What did they tell you about where you came from? No, my parents never told me anything different uh, than they were my mum and dad. I think they lived the life for so long that they they kind of became part of reality instead of that it felt like a lie. But she said she'd always felt like an outsider in her family. She didn't fit in. I always knew that something was up. I never knew what. I questioned a lot about, like, what do I have from my dad? And then never was a very direct answer, like, you have the same blue eyes or something, or your nose might be like your dad's father. It's just you are more like your mum. The feelings came and went. She tried to live alongside them. But in June 2017... Not long after she graduated from university, she was forced to confront them head-on when she got a mysterious, unexpected message. Uh, My mum texted, can we meet? Uh, It's important, so I don't want to wait a few weeks, so could you maybe join us, uh, join me for a pinkster weekend? That's a Dutch bank holiday. Yes, a Dutch bank holiday. And we arrived, we sat down around the table. My mum, she prepared a letter for us to read because she was so nervous and it needed to got off her chest. But so what, you, you turned up at her house and she gave you a letter? No, no, she read the letter. She read so it she, out. Yeah, so she, um, she wrote it all down for herself so she could tell the story properly. So she started telling, like, a long time ago they had... A challenge. They had trouble getting pregnant. They, in the end, went to the Cobats clinic. And then she looks at me and then I said, I know. She says, you know what? I says, my dad is my dad. But it was more complicated than that. 
So she told me that she doesn't know who my father is, uh, but it's not for sure that it's not my dad. Anne's father had a low sperm count. So her parents went to Carbat for fertility treatment with donor sperm. But they conceived her little sister naturally, without help. It was possible that Anne might have been conceived naturally too. So they don't know if my conceiving was from sperm of my dad or sperm of the insemination by the Corbat clinic. Even though Anne had always had doubts and suspicions, it was a lot to take in. Didn't cry, I just sat there and accepted that there was still a lot unknown. She had to wrap her head around the fact that not only did no one know for sure who her biological father was, but that her parents had kept the truth from her and made her question her own judgment. They were just following their doctor's orders. Carbat told them to keep it a secret, but it had serious consequences for Anne. Everyone has told me a lie during my whole life. Mm. And I needed to believe that lie to maintain and to keep going instead of trusting myself. You have learned me to trust someone else's opinion instead of myself. Mm. To doubt yourself. Yeah, to doubt myself. But also the, the feeling that I have inside couldn't be real because everyone around me is telling me differently. Anne is very close to her mother. And she told me that after hearing the news, their relationship was stronger than ever. She spent the next couple of years processing it all. Then, last spring, she went to see the man she'd grown up thinking was her biological father. She hadn't seen him since her parents separated 13 years ago. He agreed to do a DNA test with her so she could be sure she hadn't been conceived naturally. Three weeks later, the results came back. He wasn't her father. There was this this weight falling off my shoulders, finally being able to be me. I could finally just trust myself. It was official. Anne was donor-conceived. And that led to the next set of questions. Okay, so what do I do now? If you... Months later, I found myself ready to find out yeah, who, if, if my donor is known or if there are any half-brothers and sisters known. She added her DNA profile to the FIOM database. They told her they'd first compare it to Carbat's to see if there was a match with him. How does it feel being in that situation? I try not to think too much about it. It's difficult because uh, I'm... I really want to know when the first run is happened um, because then I will know that I either belong to a very big group that is already known. When you say the first run, do you mean finding out whether or not you're one of Cobat's children? Cobat's children and uh, I think there are one or two other donors that are largely known in Holland. Donors like Louis, one of Cobat's most prolific super donors. Because these men fathered so many children, it would be easy to see if Anne shared their DNA. We met Anne in December 2019. By spring 2020, that first run had finally taken place. Anne had just been given an update, and she was about to share it with us on FaceTime. Waiting. 
She's the one who's still waiting. Oh. Ooh. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. So you look very excited, Anne. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's weird that I can give you an update. We didn't know if that was possible, and I can, so that's really nice, uh, I think. I was eating my lunch, and we just spoke about... My, my boyfriend asked me whether I had any news, because it's in my agenda that this week I would get a call back. Um, he said, did you hear anything from them yet? And I said, no, I haven't, but maybe it's due to corona. So just, I will just send them an email to check in if they are able to give me any news. Or And I was writing the email and then uh, they called me. Go on then. Give us give us the update. <laughs> We're all my, I have to tell you, Anne, my heart is really thumping here and I'm not even the one receiving the life-changing news, so I can't imagine how you feel. Um it it's uh, we, um it's not the news that I was hoping for but it is news that gives a lot of answers um but not not the answer that I was uh looking for so the news is is that they have run my uh DNA against the database mm-hmm. and um they haven't found any matches with any donors or any half siblings oh my goodness the good news for me is that um i'm not part of any big groups and i'm not a child of Corbat. Mm-hmm. but it would have been nice that there was a match with just even if it's just one sibling <laughs> so you can start the process of um recognizing yourself in into someone else that is related to your uh, dad yeah um so good news and a bit sad news how does it feel to know that you're not part of the carbat family it's a relief yes um if i would i would handle it gracefully um, I'm very sure of that. But the fact that he uh, told different stories about it towards my parents um, would have been an obstacle to overcome. And that would be the same with um, another a super donor who has a lot of children. Yeah. But I'm very happy that I don't have to tell my sister or my mum that I have so many siblings and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that felt very good that I don't have to do that. Yeah. But there's still a giant question mark over half of your identity. Yes. The question why I started this search is uh, not being answered in any way yet. When you say it's not the result that you were hoping for, what result were you hoping for? I was hoping that I would find one, even if it's just one sibling. So you, because I started this journey to find out more about my background and uh, which um, 
character items that I have from uh, my dad's side of the family to get to know someone who is uh, related to you from that side of the family and give you that recognition. That was something I really hoped for to um, to find. And because Kobad is so much in the news, I was really hoping that anyone who... Um, yeah, who, who who was born through this clinic um, might already uh, have uh, been um, uh, donating their DNA to the database so that the chances of me getting a match with just one person would be uh, bigger than other uh, clinics that were, um, were at the time in Holland. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So that's very unfortunate that to hear that that is not happening at the moment. You can do what you can to try and find out who you are, but you're relying on other people to, to do their bit, people who've donated, people who are other donor children to do their bit, to put their pieces of the jigsaw puzzle there so that you can find out who you are. And not only the donor children, because it's also the, the parents of those children telling their children that they are a donor child, because I was told at a uh, at, at late age, and um, I can imagine a lot of people are in the same position as my parents were at the moment of telling me. Mm. Um, if they don't tell it, the children won't know, and we will never ever be matched together. And yeah, that that will give me no answers in uh, in any time in the future. Um, the jigsaw will never be complete. No, no, there's a. Uh, well, there is a chance. I don't know how big that that I will never, never know. We take our genetic identity for granted. We assume we are who our parents tell us we are. But Anne has been left dependent on the generosity of strangers to try and discover who she is and who the children she'll one day have will be. The story of Jan Karbat is one of deception, fraud, malpractice and abuse. But it's also part of a much wider story that involves every person who was donor-conceived before anonymous donation was banned in the Netherlands in 2004. Anne is part of a generation who are denied the right to know their genetic heritage. The first donor children conceived after 2004 will come of age this year and be allowed to discover who their biological fathers are. Anne's generation may never find out. She's left waiting, in limbo. I need to keep on believing that one day when the time is right that I will find someone that is a match with me. It's more likely that it is a smaller group of people now because I think that if it was a bigger group it would have been known now. Mm. Or at least I'm keep hoping that. Anne shared her news with us the day after she received it herself. It was still sinking in. Now she has to work out what her next steps will be, what international databases to try, where to look next. Yeah, I have to see if I want to do explore different avenues like the international side or that I just keep on hoping that someone is um, going to register with our Dutch um, database. Yeah, we can just 
hope someone is um, listening now and feels that he or she might be able to uh, have the courage to uh, go to the database and uh, registrate themselves. So I can find some answers that I'm looking for. If you think you can help Anne find those answers, let us know. Our email address is deception at somethingelse.com. The Immaculate Deception is a Something Else production. It was written and presented by me, Jenny Kleeman. Paul Smith is the producer, with additional production from Arlie Adlington. Mixing and sound design comes from Will Short at Spoke Media. The editor and executive producer is Peggy Sutton. Thank you to Magda Saron, Dan Cocker, Mark Rivers and Steve Ackerman. <laughs>